Okay. Yeah, I think we're live. So, hey, uh, how are you, Andrew, man? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, finally getting over that uh, cold or whatever it was I had that took me out of commission for like almost a week, actually over a week. Uh, still got a bit of a lingering cold, but at least no more fevers, no more crawling in bed and just wanting to kill myself. Oh, my God. So you're feeling better now? I'm, I'm feeling better now. Um, yeah, it was some sort of nasty cold, and I got it right on New Year's Eve, which was not fun. Oh, man. How about yourself? Right. What's new and exciting in the new year for you? I got uh, finished building my little home studio here uh, where I'm going to record some some videos for uh, – for, uh, actually, I might have the book here somewhere. I, I do. Hang on. <laughs> So this book here called uh, is called Computerized Accounting with QuickBooks 2019. Uh, I actually recorded the videos, uh, the student guide for this one, and the 2020 is coming out in April, and I'm re-recording a whole new set of videos for that college book. So basically, the college students learning QuickBooks desktop in the universities will be learning with my video. So I'm excited about it, and I wanted to kind of give a better product this year. So I build a, a sound studio so I can hide my microphone. It's going to be back there somewhere. I don't know if you can see it back there. You see where the camera is. I basically am going to stand there. It's going to be bust only. So a little bit like a couple of inches on top of my head, all the way down to maybe my belly button. You won't see the computer, won't see the microphone. And uh, it, it, I think it looked nice. It'll be probably about the best produced videos I have made. So that's the only thing that's new other than kids are back to school, which is, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So Mike's not here today, right? Mike, uh, Mike is also getting over a cold or something. Yeah. I think he's getting over a cold and he's getting on a flight tomorrow morning as well, I think. Right. So he's, he's got a bit of a busy time. Hopefully he'll be back uh, in time for next Friday. Um, Cause we got, I guess we got some changes going on for 2020 with, with FNL. Um, we're working to be a little bit more organized and plan out some guests for the coming year. So um right. We've got we're probably going to start going live earlier, like 11 p.m. Yeah, exactly, uh, like tonight. So that's a big that's a big change. So let's uh, let's kick it off. You want to start with the intro music so we can do the podcast version? Absolutely. Welcome, 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 welcome. Unicorn, unicorn. <laughs> Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission, one rule make accounting fun welcome to friday night live with accountants are you ready welcome to friday night live first episode of 2020 we skipped the first friday because it was right 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 after uh new year's eve and we were still kind of getting accustomed to the pace of the new year the year of clarity andrew how are you doing my friend i'm doing really good i'm i'm excited about 2020 i think it's like you said the year of Clarity, the year of vision, um, and lots of interesting things coming down the pipeline for me. And I think, you know, a lot of that is tied into marketing. You know, both of us are pretty excited uh, by marketing in general. Um, but I think there's also lots of new and interesting things to talk about, um, whether it's new technology, new strategy, new plan. Um, so I think this is going to be a really interesting topic. It's, you know, right up our passion for both of us. Um, do you want to kick us off maybe talking about the, the one-pager marketing strategy? Sure, sure. I read a book uh, a couple months ago called The One-Page Marketing Plan. 
And what I wanted to do, and one of the things I was thinking about doing, and I actually, I'm actually still in, in process of developing, I wanted to develop a, a course called the One Page Marketing Plan for Accountants, where I kind of model this book or the techniques and the framework of this book, and then add basically from you know my own experiences, what I've done that mimics the book and what I haven't done that I would do based on what the book says. So if you don't mind, I can actually just kind of go over, basically I'll do a review of the book and go over uh, basically the basic framework and the basic message of it. And what's the, what's the title of the book for those who want to pick it up? One Page Marketing Plan. That's it. That's the name of it. It's One Page Marketing Plan. Yeah. And one thing that's worth uh, mentioning, I'm going to go ahead and copy and paste a link from, uh, from their website, which is uh, actually, uh, maybe you do it. I'm, I'm pasting it in the, in, the, in the Zoom box. Can you paste it in, in, in Zoom, in uh, Facebook for me? So the book actually comes with a, actually, let me share that. So the book comes with uh, like a one page template that you can use to um, kind of build this plan for yourself. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention it for the people listening on only podcast mode. Obviously, you can't see it. So you want to go to successwise.com, successwise.com, W-I-S-E. And then you click on download template and you put your email. They'll, they'll capture the lead for sure. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and then you'll have a, a link so you can download it. But basically, the book is it's broken down into three phases of the customer experience with any uh, service provider or any product. So we have the before phase, so this is before they transact with you. And inside the before phase, there's three points in your marketing plan that you have to define. We'll talk about those. Then we have the during phase, which is while your customer's interacting with you. This could be when they're in lead mode, when they're being converted, and right, right when you're doing the onboarding, uh, process. So this, this is before the experience. This is just all the way from lead to onboarding. This is called the during phase. And then the third phase is called the after phase. This is once they're a customer and they're actually experiencing your product or service and then be, be becoming or being a repeat customer. Now, the, the, the reason why he broke it down into these three phases is because there's a sort of an old adage called uh, customers like to do business with people they know like and trust. I think we've heard that before. Know, like, and trust. And this is this is uh, how he breaks it down. He's like, for the customer to know you, this is the before uh, phase. So, so this is everything that you do marketing-wise to get to the point where the customer knows you. This is the before phase. And then like, your customer gets to like you when they become a lead. So when they start experiencing what it feels like to be your lead, what the sales process feels like, what the sales conversion, what the sales, the actual uh, sales uh, call, the sales appointment, and you know, up, up to the point where you do the onboarding and you sign the contract and you pay, that's going to be the the like phase. And then, and then right when the customer writes you a check, which is the ultimate testament that they trust you, now you need to sort of fulfill your part of that, that your part of the trust, which is they paid you which is that after uh, phase, which is the experience and the repeat uh, portion. So let's break this down even further. So in the before 
phase when the when the when they're just a prospect there's three major areas in your marketing plan that you have to define one is your target market you have to define your target market you can't just market to everyone you can but you you will fail this is why the framework of the book works this way right you're going to have a target market two you're going to have you're going to craft the message so this is how you communicate to your target market the words that you use the way you describe the problem, the way you describe the solution, the way you describe your positioning, the way you describe how you're poised to serve that client uniquely and differently than everyone else. And then the third uh, section in this before stage is the media, right? What media will you use? What medium will you use to target that customer? This could be content, or this could be actual marketing, actual promotion. So, so let's dive deep into these three. Um, but before we do that, let's just quickly list the rest of the other, the rest of the other six. So it's nine areas in total. So again, first part is your target customer. Second is the messaging, crafting your messaging. Third, figuring out what media or what medium you will use to reach your target market. Then we have the fourth one, which is in that middle during stage. It's your lead capturing system. And I think you're going to be talking about on the second half about that because you have specific tools that you use for lead capturing. So you'll let us know what your plans are when it comes to that. So you're going to have a lead capturing system. You're going to have a plan. How will I capture the lead? What will I do to compel my customer into becoming a lead? Then the lead nurturing system which is how do we remind that person that being your lead, it's a good thing, right? So this we're going to create value pre-sales conversion. And then the third portion of, of this middle stage, which is a six point in your nine point marketing plan, is your sales conversion strategy. And we're going to dive deep into that. Then the last three on, the, on that after stage is going to be seven, how do I deliver a work, a word class experience? You're going to write down what is your strategy in terms of delivering a world-class experience, uh, exceeding expectations, or creating memorable moments? Eight is going to be increasing lifetime value of the customer, which talks about uh, upselling and cross-selling and increasing the value as time goes by. And then the ninth one is, how do you orchestrate and stimulate referrals? So the nine-point marketing plan, again, target market, crafting your message, Figure it, figure it out. Figure out what media or refer. So the nine-point marketing plan, capture, system, target market, your your message, your nurturing, figure out what media nurturing refer. So the nine-point marketing plan, target market, there's your sales conversion strategy. How seven? How you will deliver a world-class experience. Eight. How you will increase lifetime value. And nine. How do I orchestrate and stimulate referrals? So let's deep dive into the first one, my target market. But for now, do you have any question? Are there any questions from the from Facebook? Yeah, I think a lot of people are just saying that uh, they've they've heard of this before. They think it's a great topic. You know, Donna Crawley's talking about uh, wordsmithing it, and I think one of the one of the, a great tool that you introduced me to for helping to wordsmith. Uh, around the message and and who your target market is, is that mystorybrand.com, uh, um, which is a great book, but then again, they've got a great free site that gives you um, a framework for defining who your target market is and a little bit more about what the message or the story 
um, is behind that. So I think a lot of people are definitely interested. I personally love the simplicity of it, right? You're down to three key areas and then three sections per area, simple to the point, easy to build, easy to execute on. All right, so let's start with uh, uh, the target market. So for target market, you can think of this several ways, but the book just makes the point that the narrower you go, the more specific you go. It's not about being narrow, it's about being specific. And it's about making the customer feel that you're there to serve them and just them. And, and you know, if you, it's like, if you want to deliver a world-class experience, which should be everybody's plan, really, like everyone should strive for that. Hey, I want to build a world-class experience. I don't think that's that's a negative thing ever, right? The only way to do that is to be able to pay really close attention to, to the customer. And if you're in accounting and you have hundreds of customers, it's going to be very difficult to do that at scale. The only way to scale world-class customer experience is with a niche because it's the only way to create repeatable, predictable systems. So it's two ways to think about that. You think about your vertical or your horizontal and sometimes the vertex, you know, where both meet. Vertical would be like an industry, company size, uh, partner composition, and the horizontal would be the type of problem that you solve. So if you're really, really good at cleaning up QuickBooks files, for example, so really good at cleanup, that's your edge. You do that different than everyone else. You could probably price it more aggressively. You deliver it faster or you deliver a great experience around it. And that's your specialty, your horizontal uh, niche. You don't have to have a vertical niche, but if you want to even take it one step further and say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I solve, I, I clean up uh, QuickBooks files that have inventory problems. Or, or QuickBooks files for wholesale retail type businesses, then what ends up happening is there'll be fewer customers, but the ones that you get, they will believe and they will feel that you were put on earth just to solve their problem, which means they'll pay more and they'll, 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 be, they'll be more propensed for to working with you in delivering a great experience. Because the one thing that we fail to forget that what happens is, customers can get in the way of us delivering a great experience in some ways by them changing their expectations in the middle of the engagement. This happens a lot. And, and this is more likely to happen when you're a generalist. Why? Because you, you don't have the narrow skill set to pay attention to those specific mood swings and that sort of thing, because every customer is different. But when you work on a specific type of customer all the time, over and over, you pick up in these things, just like like just earlier, you know, I was confronting my daughter with something that I think she was doing wrong. And then my wife was just observing and she leaves and then she tells me, you know, she tells me, you know, she wasn't lying, right? I know when they're lying, right? Now my wife cannot detect when every person in the world lies, but she can detect when their children lie. Why? Because she's specialized at that, right? This is what she does. That's the only thing she does. So as, as a uh, as service providers, we're going to have the same exact situation. We start knowing our customers in, in, in some ways better than they know themselves. You can only do that through specializing. So the next one is crafting the message, which goes hand in hand. So if you know your target market is a dentist, for example, then instead of telling, you know, asking your dentist, uh, because this is the, the one thing that everybody does is, hey, what makes you, you know, lose sleep at night? That's like the average, you know, consultant question to ask. That's like, that's going for the kill type of thing. 
if you actually know your target market, you can just wordsmith this whole thing and say, instead of asking your dentist client, what makes you um, uh, stay up at night or what prevents you from going to sleep or what worries you, you can say, what is preventing you from making your customers smile? How do I help you make your customers smile? How do I help you concentrate on helping your customers smile? Because if you tell a dentist about their customer smiling, you don't have to say anything else. You don't have to talk about increasing profits, increasing sales. You're speaking their language. That's their language, right? Dentists think about their clients, their patients smile. So crafting the message means for you to communicate in ways that it moves your target customer, that it makes that target customer pay attention and makes that target customer say, whoa, you know my business. You've done this before. You're an expert and you can't, you can't, uh, you know, you can't talk the talk until you walk the walk. So by, by picking your target client, by specializing on a specific type of client, then you craft your message. And there's different ways, as you mentioned earlier, you can look at the Building Story Brand book, which talks about uh, explaining your services in a story where your customer is the hero and your customer goes through a journey. It's a great book, a great resource. This book doesn't deep, really dive into into that, but it still it, it does instill the concept that you have to craft your message designed for your target client for their problem. And the third one is the media. This is what most people know when it comes to marketing, which is I'm going to put Facebook ads or I'm going to uh, do blog posts or I'm going to have a podcast or I'm going to advertise in a podcast. I'm going to advertise in the Super Bowl, advertise on TV. This is the media or the medium. So in your marketing plan, you're, you're stating these three things target market, message, type of message, and three, how will I deliver that message? Could be TV, could be radio, could be podcast, could be YouTube, it could be uh, writing, it could be a book, it could be a pamphlet, it could be a newsletter, multiple ways to do it. The idea is that you're able to articulate what that's going to look like in your plan. Then let's move on to the lead capturing system. And I, and I wrote some notes here. Because uh, I did have one question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Because... I think there's a really new, interesting media right now, um, which I wanted to talk about briefly, which is TikTok. Um, you know, this is we're it's a brand new sort of, well, it's not that new. Um, you know, it was came off of Musical.ly, but it's blowing up. Like, I think they got more than 1.2 million users, or sorry, 1.2 billion users on the platform. And I wanted to know your thoughts as someone who was one of the pioneers on YouTube from the accounting perspective, what are your thoughts on this as a media? Have you looked at it at all? What do you think about it? Yeah. So I looked at TikTok, I looked at Twitch and I looked and I'm looking at rumble now. And, um, you know, it's one of those throw the dice type of thing, right? So I, you can either try to go all in on it, like anchor. Like I try to go really hard on anchor, uh, uh last year and it really didn't pick up. And it's, I don't think it's, there's something wrong with the platform. I just think that maybe the, the, the people that I want to partner up with to create content, whether it's my customers, right? Because you partner up with your customers by getting them to commit their attention, right? Or right. you partner up with your colleagues to get them to, um, to, to, to share data with you, to have conversations with you, to help you make sense of your thoughts or whatever it is, right? So I couldn't get enough people in those platforms because the platforms are just not big enough. But I think it's uh, it's going to be a risk move, right? So we either make a decision to 
to go into a platform that we have no idea whether it'll perform or not. And if it does perform, you'll be the first one there. So those are the big ones. I think TikTok, Twitch, and, uh, and Rumble. There's more. But uh, m- my issue is that these things have a lot of users, but these users are between 12 and 17 years old. And it's probably not my target market. Now, not knocking on it, I'm sure there's tons of great things we can sell to those people, but I personally don't have the products and services to sell to that target market. My well, um, one yeah. thought on that is because I know everyone says, yeah, it's, it's definitely a younger generation, but at 1.2 billion people, that's certainly more than just the younger people on it. So there, there's virtually almost, you know, almost a third of the entire world is on this platform. Now, how do you leverage that in a, in a platform that's around, you know, about dancing and, and lip syncing to, to be able to have that in any sort of business sense? I don't know. Um, but Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a guy I look up to a lot for, for social media, obviously, um, seems to be banking pretty hard and pretty heavy and saying that his two medias for 2020 that he's putting time and energy into are TikTok and LinkedIn live videos. Um, he sees those because of the the algorithms and the and the strategy that by putting time and energy into there, he thinks those are going to be huge. I'm still unsure. I don't know how an accountant leverages TikTok in a way that's that's meaningful for business. Uh, but it, just the sheer volume of people on the platform is pretty exciting. And then of course you look at LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's always been a great, a great platform for business. And now with them pushing heavy on LinkedIn Live as, as promoting that algorithm and starting to release out to, to more and more people. Um, you know, I think I, I see Jody Paydar doing lives on LinkedIn um, regularly. I'm starting to see it more come into the community now as more and more of the accounting influencers are getting access to that live feed. So those are two, two medias that I think are going to be pretty exciting for 2020. Yeah, I think LinkedIn Live is probably pretty obvious for me to say that that's that's the the best of the ones that you mentioned. I think it might be a bit uh, obvious, but uh, but yeah, I would say that um, if 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 you if you if you're looking for an answer, like I don't always have all the answers, but I can always come up with one. If you <laughs> if you're looking for an answer on TikTok, right? So let's assume that this is a younger crowd, and TikTok st- started let's say five years ago, and and most of the twelve-year-olds have started already seventeen. Let's just let's just let's just say that that's the premise. If your firm is going to want to um, want to acquire the best talented young people, eighteen to twenty-two, maybe right getting into college or getting from college, and you want just really high-tech kids that that are like basically uh, a blank slate, right? So I just want to get this really techie kid that's 18, 19 to work for my firm. And I want to mold them into a monster that is going to be my, my, my guru in my office that's going to solve all my technology issues. And you want to attract the best one. I think that maybe if you were using TikTok for something like that, and you get to stumble into some of them, that could be a way we can, we can see value on that. But customers might not be, I think customers might be difficult to find on TikTok, but I think you can find some talented, potential talented uh, uh, employees there. So something to think about just to give you an answer. 
and and as a great way of getting exposure for for talent that's a great idea i didn't even think of it from that perspective but on that note let's get into the middle phase now because i didn't mean to interrupt uh, but i did want to talk briefly so why don't we talk about the middle phase um so this is the before now we're in the during section of of the uh, that's right that's right so in the during section we have the next three uh, parts of your uh, marketing plan, which is your lead capturing system and what, what and uh, the lead nurturing system. And I won't speak into detail on those. That way we can allow you to sort of deep dive into that because you actually know a lot more about that than I do. But in terms of just the book, what the, what the book says, it's like, look, you you have to give the customer a compelling reason for them to give you their email, to give you their contact information. And that reason might be an ebook. It could be maybe um, a monthly a monthly newsletter where you know, from accounting terms, maybe you uh, you explain the tax deadlines and a monthly QuickBooks or Excel tip or zero tip or whatever, mm-hmm. a monthly tax tip. Uh, you just give them a reason to want to draw attention to your content in a mo- weekly, daily or monthly basis. So that would be your lead capturing system. And then your the, the fifth one here in the marketing uh, plan is the lead nurturing system, which is what will you do to keep that lead engaged, to have them ask you questions, have them uh, deep uh, d- uh, dive a little deeper into what your company is and what it does. Because many times your leads will come in and they'll say, sure, here's, I need an accountant. Here's your, here's your, uh, here's my email. And if they really don't know what they want, you actually don't want that person calling you yet. One of the things that they state in this book is that customers, custom, customers are ready to buy. They've already done tons of research in many places. And if they buy you before they become your lead and you nurture them, they were probably going to price shop, right? Um, so if you want to avoid the price shoppers, you want your customers to spend time on understanding your business, your system, your style, your specialty. So when they are ready to buy from you, they're not price shopping. They already decided that they went with the right provider. So he makes a really big deal, uh, the author, that you should have a, a process before you sell where your customers discover you, discover your abilities, discover your your, your strengths before you start selling to them because you can sell prematurely to them and then maybe you lost the deal forever because some customers just don't, once they go through a presentation with you, they're unlikely a year later to go, you know what, I didn't like the presentation, but I'm sure that a year later, I'll like their presentation. Once you get to sales conversion, once you get the presentation, if you lose it, you probably won't win them. Now, if you do a pre-sales conversion where you have a quick conversation and say, you're not big enough for us, you're too small, you're not ready or whatever, there might be possibly a way for you to sort of uh, keep them. If you can then send them back to your free resources into your lead nurturing system. But once you do a a, a full uh, uh, conversion process, a full presentation, it's unlikely that you can get them back. So that's what the book makes a big deal about that. Then uh, on on the sales conversion strategy, this is one that I have a lot of notes because this is go. It's really dear in, um, in in my heart in the things that I teach already in YouTube and that sort of thing. Which is number one is pricing, right? You have to have a pricing strategy. You know, are you going to be pricing 
at the lowest as everyone else? Are you be pricing somewhere in the middle or are you going to be in the highest price? And one thing that's really important is you never want to be in the middle. You get lost in the middle. You actually want to be the cheapest like Amazon or Walmart, or you want to be the most expensive, the most luxurious one. In the middle, it's a complete bloodbath. Now, if you don't want to compare your prices with everyone else, then you do value pricing, which by definition is uncomparable. It means that there isn't a price until you have a long conversation with the client about the value. And it's very diff very difficult that the customer will spend that much time with so many providers having value conversations. So your pricing strategy, whatever it is, you know, whether it's hourly or fixed price, menu price, value price, subscription model, whatever, that's going to be a really important piece of this. And you have to define it in your plan. Also, what kind of options are you going to give your customers? So what they recommend here is to have a base option, have a premium option, and then have the ultra valuable option. And the ultra valuable option, which is the highest option, will be the least amount of your sales will probably be 10% of your sales, but it'll give you a substantial amount of additional revenue. Plus the idea of the ultra high option, the high luxury, high concierge service, it makes the other ones, the standard and the premium, which is the bulk of what you sell, it makes them feel a lot less uh, expensive. So as part of your marketing plan, you need to know what that offering is going to look like and how you will put them next to each other to give the customer options and give them, obviously, uh, choices. Uh, as part of the sales conversion strategy, the book also talks about promotions and discounts, you know, ways to sort of close these deals, like, uh, you know, having time-based, you know, Black Friday sales, end-of-the-year sale, or or, um, or or discounts for buying two or more or for or or whatever situation might be. Uh, I'm not a big fan of discounts. I'm not a big fan of promotions, but they do work. Historically speaking, they do work. And then the the, the onboarding process. This is not part of the book. This is something that Blair Enns uh, says, the author of Win Without Pitching. He says uh, the sale is the sample. The sale is the sample. So the sales process what the sales process feels like, what the sales process felt like. It's a good sample of what the service uh, might be. And there's a quote in this book, which I love, which says, customers don't know how good your products or services are until they buy from you. Customers don't know how good your products and services are until they buy from you. So this is a chicken and egg situation, right? So sales and marketing is designed to be able to paint that picture before that happened, okay? So that's it for the middle for the middle stage, the during stage. Now we're gonna move into the after stage, which is the last three areas of your uh, marketing plan. So number seven is, how do I deliver a world-class experience? So only a couple points men uh, worth mentioning is one, make your customers feel something. What is your strategy to make your customers feel something, right? That part of the brain that's not logical, that part of the brain that only feels things, right? Um, you know, like when you go to a theater, what, what does theater make you feel, right? The music, the dancing, the art. So what is the part of your service that's going to have this art component that will make them feel something? Then they talk about the concept of meeting expectations versus exceeding expectations. Obviously, you never want to come under, right? You never want to under deliver. 
but there are some drawbacks to over-delivering. Sometimes over-delivering can overwhelm the customer. There are some contexts in which over-delivery might go wrong. So for example, if you go to McDonald's because you want your food in your table in seven minutes and the person starts being super nice and deep dive into your needs and ask you about the salt content in the fries and the temperature content in the fries and how many layers of lettuce would you like on the burger and they take extra time to 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 stage the food to, to make it just more attractive and, and what's going to happen is you're going to get mad because you walked in with a specific expectation on what you wanted so just be very careful with exceeding expectations over delivering. So it is it, basically a fine line between over delivering good to over delivering bad, believe it or not. Sometimes just meeting expectations is good enough because that's, it's all about really expectations. So if you wanna manage how you meet expectations or how you exceed expectations, the trick is to set the expectations up front and you set the expectation through your marketing, through your message, through the lead capture system, through the sales process. So it's mostly about expectations. The other stuff that they talk about here in the book is having replicable systems. So if you wanna uh, add scale, build world-class experience, which is difficult to do with 50 clients, is you have to think about things that you can do in, in a scale that you can do, that you can replicate that will have a little bit of that personal touch, but systematically speaking and execution speaking is something that you can automate or semi-automate. So focusing on, on systems when it comes to delivering world-class experience, it's really more important. And, 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 and to kind of tie it to accounting, you know, the portal. So if your customer has a portal where they can see the progress of the work, where they can get copies of the tax returns, where they can see reports on everything you're doing, they're getting updates on what you're doing, that's systematic, right? And that gives a world-class experience, right? Having mobile apps for the customers to access the data, all that stuff uh, can automate and it can deliver world-class experience at scale. Now, the eighth point from the book is increasing customer lifetime value. So your plan should talk about how you do gradual increases. So every year when you renew your customer, what does increases look like? What do upgrades look like? How do we upgrade them from product A to product B? Apple is incredible at this, right? At upgrading people and getting people on the latest versions. Uh, Cross-selling, so, so after they became a customer, what can you sell them later on? Some additional services, additional products, and that's part of your uh your marketing plan. They also talk about recovering lost customers. So you need to have a system in place. You know, how do you identify customers that you lost that you might be able to get back? And lastly, they don't mention this in the book, but uh, but I kind of implied it. Do you have a system to get customers to stay with you, even though they outgrew you or they're leaving you for whatever reason? Can you can is there something that you can do for they can stay a customer forever at a very low cost? Right, so maybe you, they, you can't provide, um, you know, monthly services for a thousand dollars anymore. But for ninety-nine dollars per year, they can still ask you unlimited questions in an email format or some, something like that. So can can you sell the people that customers are exiting? Can you sell them something? Is it possible to sell them something that keeps them as a customer or keeps them in the door uh, and basically sends them sends them back to lead? That's kind of the concept. And then the last one here is stimulating and uh, generating orchestrating referrals. So they talk about 
uh, loyalty programs, giving friends and family discounts to your customers, friends, uh, cross referrals is really important. So if you are an accountant that only works with dentists, maybe work with another accountant that only works with other types of doctors and build a strong partnership because they're, they're, they're likely to mingle and to have doctor friends, but maybe when the dentist one comes in, they won't take it, they send it to you, and then you send them the other ones and that sort of thing. So build a network around your, uh, your colleagues or semi-colleagues, tangential colleagues, lawyers, brokers, whatever, and make sure that, uh, that there's a system in place to stimulate referrals. And uh, that's it. I think one of the, uh, the enduring messages from the book is doesn't matter in, in, in today's world, present or future, doesn't matter who's got the best product, the best marketer will always win. And that was a really, really important piece of it. So it's, like, it's great to have a good product. Good product will deliver a great experience. But that's only one little piece of this nine, uh, of this nine part one page marketing plan. So again, the, the person with the best product, with the best service might might at some point in some context come out ahead, but the best marketer will always win. So that's my review of the book. Uh, I had to try, write some notes because there's a lot of content. And, uh, and this is the one I wanted to create a, a course on. So I would love to know what people think. You know, would you take a two, three hour course that kind of deep dive into this and mimicking that book? You, if you read the book and, and know a little bit about marketing, you can execute it yourself. But that's, these are my notes from uh, when I started thinking about uh, building this course. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great foundation for building a course off because then they can walk out with a tangible marketing plan. Can, can you throw it back up on the screen there for a second again, Hector, if you don't mind? Um, and maybe I'd like to walk through just sort of some of, the, some of the aspects and some of the things that I'm looking at in 2020 in the, in the, different, in the different areas. Um, so I mean, and real quick for the people that are just listening in podcast mode, you go to successwise.com and you can download the one page marketing plan um, template because you kind of have to have it in front of you for this to make sense, especially if uh, if Andrew's going to walk through any specific uh, parts of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just talking through the, the before stage um, and obviously for us, we have a really defined target market, IT consultants. Um, but what we're finding is we're able to even niche down within that target market and explore uh, new ways of even sub um, dividing it and becoming even more niche within that market. So one of the things that we've launched this year um, is we're now providing um, services specifically in Spanish, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about because we've got resources within our organization who speak Spanish. Um, and we're finding that this is actually being really successful. One, uh, it's it's actually far cheaper on the marketing side because you know when it, whenever you're looking at any of these marketing and sales tools like Facebook, um, YouTube, any of these tools that you can really highly target, the more narrow the market, the actual cheaper it is to acquire and get new leads. And plus that word of mouth that that spreads uh, really organically. So we just did a couple of posts in uh, a couple of Spanish speaking communities here in, in Toronto. And, and those posts have already been far more successful than most of the content and paid content that we do. So we're starting to see that that really go more successful by getting even more niche within our own niche. So I think that that's really exciting. And looking at language 
um, as a way of defining niche um, or culture or whatever the case that you might be, because it's really about building that community, right? And, and that, that tribe of potential customers. Um, and it doesn't, I think a lot of us get into this, is it, is it doctors, is it dentists, is it IT consultants? And there's so many w different ways to, as you said earlier, slice up the market and, and become the expert. And you might just be an expert on a specific community uh, as a way of defining uh, what your niche is. And I think that's a really interesting thing that we're doing this year. Um, I'm, again, like I said, from a tool perspective, as far as what we're using to try and build a better story, that my story brand thing that you turned me on to has been um, really interesting is trying to um, articulate our messaging and how we're doing that. Um, and then of course, on the tool side, uh, you know, we mentioned we're looking into to, um, new markets, whether that's TikTok and different social media channels. Um, but we're also looking into new tools that we're using to manage uh, how we're delivering all this content into the various different social media channels. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, so there's a couple of new tools that I, I think are, are worth uh, mentioning that we're looking at. So WordStream is a new tool that we've rolled out this year. I don't know if Hector, if you've ever heard of WordStream. Um, it's a really interesting um, tool that helps you to better manage your paid advertising. Um, I think they're the, and it grades your actual advertising. So if you want to start running Google ads and you don't know anything about running Google ads or YouTube ads or Facebook ads or any of these things, it'll actually grade your, the quality of the ads that you're building and then give you some specific suggestions and tips on how to improve the effectiveness um, so that you're getting good value out of the money that you're spending onto these social media platforms because there, there's great opportunity here, but there's also, it's really easy to spend a bunch of money and it have, have it go virtually nowhere because it really is an art form. And, and these tools uh, are great for helping you to sort of refine that and make that, make you get the most value um, uh, out of the money that you're spending. So I think that that's a really interesting tool that we're looking at. Um, we're fairly new on it. Um, but it's certainly one of the things that we're exploring and playing with right now. Have you started, have you started paying for it yet or, or yeah. still and like, like I'm, we're talking in the last week. So we're, we're relatively new into it. Um, we're a week deep. So give me a month and I'll tell you whether it's good. We actually decided to go for the full um, advisor premier consulting package. Um, the, the 498 a month. Um, because if you scroll down, it gives you some specific coaching and some strategies. So it gives you the in-depth tactical or strategic account guidance. Um, and the reason that we did that is because we know that, you know, we're looking at our ads, we're looking at the performance of our ads, we're looking at the cost of acquisition, and we know that we've got a lot of opportunity to improve that um, and bring down our, our cost of acquisition. So we figured, hey, let's roll the dice, you know, you know, for $500, if this improves our effectiveness by 50%, it's going to pay for itself just in the improved effectiveness. Um, so we figured it's, it's a relatively, um, you know, inexpensive way of testing out and getting that coaching and consulting, which I can tell you from past experience of going out and hiring um, SEO and uh, PPC experts, you're usually paying four to five times that on a monthly basis to get that level of support. Now, how good it is, uh, give me a bit of time to tell you, um, but it's something that we're, we're really excited by for the new year. Um, and, and on the next 
phase, which I guess is into the middle phase of your of your organization, which is really into this lead capture system and lead nurturing system. Uh, we've always been big advocates of Infusionsoft, as everybody knows. Um, but my dad um, pushed me really heavily into a new program called ClickFunnels. And I'm sure you've probably heard of ClickFunnels. It's, uh, I think they got a, about 100,000 uh, paid users on the platform. Um, and it's really, it's, it's an interesting platform. So first and foremost, their support is awful. Worst support. I think I did a post um, detail end of last year about why you should not use chatbots on your site because of how bad the support has been with them. Um, so we're, again, we're paying for this and, and we're onto their platinum package again here, uh, which is supposed to have premium support, which was just an utter disaster. I, I can't tell you how bad my experience was with their support, but the tool is really, really kind of interesting. And so what it gives you is it allows you to build out um, very quickly and very easily um, these sales funnels. And one of the things that I'm particularly interested in, and I thought you might like too, Hector, is this concept of an evergreen webinar. Are you familiar? Hey, sorry. sorry, I don't see any pricing on their website. Have you gotten into pricing yet? Yeah, so our package, which we're on a platinum package, um, we it's it's normally two ninety seven a month um, for this platinum package. Uh, my dad managed to get a deal from them, uh, which gave us six months at effectively their basic price, which is ninety seven dollars a month. Um, so it's not uh, necessarily a cheap um, platform. And again, we're we're very very early days on on where we're we're going with this. Um, we haven't even launched our first funnel yet. Like we're, we're building it as we speak right now. Um, and the first one, could you explain, could you explain a funnel for the people that don't, uh, that don't understand what like well, in two minutes. <laughs> so, and, and in particular, cause there are lots of different sales funnels and, and concept of a sales funnel, which is basically just narrowing down, um, you know, from a large client base and getting it more terror more narrowed and targeted at the specific type of client that can benefit your service. When they're talking specifically about sales funnel, they're talking about a multi page or multi step process. Um, for example, the one that we started with, um, which is this concept of an evergreen um, webinar. So what happens is it's, it's a five, this one in particular is a five step um, sales funnel. So you first send your leads, whether that's done by a mass email to a list of um, clients or you do um, an ad on Facebook, whatever the case is, you drive people to this one page and it's a webinar registration page. Once they complete the webinar registration page, it then takes them to a thank you page and then you've got a specific message and content that you put on this thank you page for registering them to there. Then there's uh content that goes out via email. So it's a combination of web pages and email communication. It's sending them uh, nurturing and communication messages to get them over to the actual webinar. If they don't go to the um, actual webinar, it says, hey, we noticed you weren't able to, you missed the webinar. Would you like to watch the replay? And it sends you over to the replay. Um, if you watch the webinar, but don't watch it all the way to the end. And they have these sort of like guides and, and tips on how to set it up. And the idea is that you have a webinar, you're delivering, giving free value. And at the end of the webinar, you have your offer, 
whatever that offer might be. But if they don't watch all the way to the end of the offer, it knows that and then sends them uh, another email that says, hey, notice you didn't make it all the way to the end and receive our offer. I just wanted to make sure that you were aware. And then you have just like a one minute video where you present the offer so that even if people don't consume the entire message in this webinar um, or, or conference, that they still get that little thing. And it's all done with these standard email templates. It's all managed. So it sounds like it's really easy to turn on well it's not that easy to turn on but once it's turned on it's really easy to build out these different um sales funnels and there's templates that you can literally go to a store and pick like do i want to do a webinar template do i want to do a white paper template do i want to have um and virtually everything that you've ever been told about about all these different sales funnels and sales nurturing strategies they have a template for, for virtually every one of those, whether it's meant for coaching, whether it's meant for selling products, whether it's meant for upselling products, all these different uh, tools and strategies. And um, hopefully it's going to be very effective. Again, you know, let's touch base mid-year and, and I'll give you a review on all these new tools and how they work for us. Uh, but these are the ones we're going to be playing around with in 2020 and that we're getting uh, excited by. Um, and I think click funnels, my dad is very, very adamant. He thinks it's the greatest uh, thing since sliced bread. I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, trepidatious um, because I'm, I, you know, it's just another tool and it's, is it just, uh, you know, cause the, the guy, Russell Branson, who runs it is one of those great digital marketers. So he's got my dad hook, sold hook, line and sinker. Cause he's just, he's good at what he does, which is online marketing. But I think my, my dad doesn't realize is, a lot of this, how you're effective in online sales and marketing is it's, you doesn't matter how good your tool is. It's, it's a lot of the, about the messaging and, and the communication. And that is an art form. And these templates don't necessarily give you that art form on the language and being able so to. The, the soft skills of coming up with a good company name, uh, a nice logo, making sure the colors match the theme, your tagline, your target market, your messaging, your words, your content. If you don't have that and you got this whole awesome system that basically sends out a bunch of fluff and a bunch of confusing stuff, then it's not effective at all. Exactly. So uh, the question, I guess, is ultimately, do I have that skill set? Um, and, and do me and my team, can we write that right branding and messaging? Which is where I think the things, the tools like my story brand and your execution on building out that message and that that story is really key because it doesn't matter how, how great your tools are. If you haven't built that strategy at step one and that story and figured out what the messaging is, this is all a waste of time and energy. Right. Um, but that being said, I'm there's, what is exciting is that there's so many new tools out there to try and explore. Um, and, and the potential that if these do hit, the great news about them is that you can scale really quickly, really easily. Um, and so, you know, figuring out as we, as we execute better on the pricing for our marketing and sales on platforms like Facebook and uh, YouTube and um, Google and, and optimizing that to be more effective, uh, as well as combining that with great sales funnels and a great message, I think that 2020 really has the potential to be our best year in 20 years. So we're, we're excited about, about that. And then of course, you know, as you get into the, the final stages of, of what you're doing, 
um, which is, is that trust phase and executing and using the right tools. Um, we're again, pretty excited, you know, technology wise there, as everyone knows, we are, we are 120% uh, into Infusionsoft as our tool for building out those uh, systems and those processes. Uh, but I think for us, what, what 2020 is all about um, is how we're analyzing and looking at information around our processes and how we're working together as a team uh, to improve our systems and processes. So we're right now doing this, this process where um, whenever there's an issue or a flag on a file, we're tracking and monitoring that. Um, and then we're having monthly sit downs to go through and, and categorizing everything so we can bubble it up to a, to a macro level to be able to figure out where are our trends, what are our big issues. Because I think the big thing is, as a manager of a practice is we really need to have that information that bubbles up into um, high level data that we can measure. Yes, we always want to be able to drill in once we figure out what are the specific areas we want to focus on. But when you're trying to figure out how to focus and where you're going to go and what are going to be the big rocks that you focus on for the year, um, you need to have the macro, the macro data, not the micro data. Um, so how we've been able to bubble that up in interesting ways using Infusionsoft um, is something that we're pretty excited by, um, or at least I'm pretty excited by, and what we're working on with the staff and the way that we're moving forward is pretty exciting. And I think one of those things, again, a tool uh, that, that is helping us to do that um, is a tool that we were introduced to at uh, QuickBooks Connect Toronto and QuickBooks Connect San Jose, uh, which is that um, Clarity AI. Um, have you have you played around with this at all, Hector? No, I have not. I have it, not. It's it's pretty freaking cool. Um, so what it is is um, it's personality assessments. Um, and so what we're using it for is we had absolutely everyone in our organization go through and do a personality assessment. Um, and so it tells you how to communicate with each other, how you're going to interact with each other. One thing that's really interesting that we, we discovered out of this is that um, there's a lot of us on the team that are actually very similar, um, which has its, that's, there's pros and cons to being very similar. Like, it, to be honest, having differences is a positive in my, in my side, in my mind, but people that I didn't realize, like we were like literally when we were looking at our personality assessments, we're like almost literally stacked on top of each other. And, and the way we think, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's really interesting. That changes our dynamic. And in fact, what it's, what it's had me do is sort of restructure the way our teams work. Um, and it's, and what I'm actually doing is breaking us up into an AB, an A team, a B team and a C team and making sure that the people who are similar are on different teams to try and build that better, more collaborative approach. Um, and then the other thing that what this, what Clarity does, which I think is really interesting is it'll give you tips on how to, how, how to actually um, manage and communicate with people. Let, let me see if I can um, pull it up because I, I wanna, hopefully I can remember my password. Um, let's see. And while, while you load that up, because um, we're getting a little bit- Are we running long on the- Like mid-market firm, multiple team type of firm. Uh, your budget for marketing, obviously, is a couple thousand dollars, correct? Um, you know, you, your your firm has been in the market for 30 years or whatever. So if if someone that's listening or watching to this and it's it's more of a two-person firm, solopreneur, 
and maybe they have $200 to spend in marketing for 2020 per month. What, out of all these tools that you ever use and all these marketing techniques, what, what would you think someone with a $200 a month budget uh, should be spending their money in marketing? So I would say, um, it, you know, it's a bit early to say on, on some of these tools for sure. Um, but I would say if you're, if you're actually spending money on marketing, the word stream is probably going to be the most important tool to help you get the most amount of, of value out of that spend. Because I can tell you from ha having done it myself. Um, That's if you're doing Google ads, right? right? Yeah, you Google, have to be doing Google ads or Facebook ads. You're doing any paid ads whatsoever. So if any of your marketing spend is going into paid at all, then I think WordStream is probably the first tool to, to step with, to start with. If you're not doing any paid, um, the question is, what kind of traffic are you getting? If you're, if you, if without paid, you're able to generate significant enough traffic to your site because you have enough great content and other ways of drawing people in without doing paid, um, then I think the the uh, click funnels is a really interesting tool um, as a way of, of uh, looking at that and managing that. Um, so I'd say those would be the, the top two. And, and if I were to lead with one, it would probably be WordStream. And, and even before that, I don't, let's say we'd have $200 is my entire budget, even for ad spend. Uh, then where should I be spending my marketing dollars? Um, I would say, you know, this is one I've gone back and forth. If you were to ask me this, this time last year, I would have said Facebook, um, but I'm probably leaning more back into Facebook ads. We're talking about Facebook ads, Facebook ads. I, I'd probably lean more towards, uh, Google, uh, Google is the most expensive ad platform. Um, but it's the most expensive ad platform for a reason. Um, it's the most right. effective, you know, the, the one thing, the different, the big difference between, um, between Facebook, YouTube, and um, Google is that Google, you're hitting someone at the point of interest. So yeah, they're searching, they're searching the actual thing. Exactly. That's the big fundamental difference. So um, Facebook and YouTube are really cheap ways for branding and marketing, but not necessarily for sales. So Google is more for sales. Um, whereas um, uh uh, Facebook and, and YouTube are more for marketing. Um, and in fact, I would actually probably go back and, and now, you know, with a little thinking, I think if there was one tool I was going to do um, and out of all of these, and I only had $200 to spend across the entire year, um, let no, alone per month, per month, no, 200 per month, 200 per month. But I'd go with, I'd look at clarity because what clarity does um, is let's say you don't have teams. Let's say you don't have teams. Yeah. Even if you don't have teams, so where, where Clarity can come in really handy is Clarity will actually do a personality assessment of people you have never met before in your life based on their LinkedIn profile. Huh. Yes. So you can stalk your customers before you talk to them? You can stalk your customers before you talk to them. So much so that it has templates. So you, you basically, it scrolls it and it gives you their personality assessment and it gives you suggestions on, you know, how to, how to open a phone call with them. Um, you know, how, you well, know, were you able to log into your account? Were you able, were you able to log in? I, I, right now, I can't even remember the name of the freaking, oh. 
I know it's clarity, but uh, clarity.ai. You said it. No, but it's 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 clarity AI, but it's not clarity.ai. I don't think that's that's not their website. It's that's oh, it's driving me nuts right now. Um, give me one. I want to find it because I think it's really important to to show you what the power of this is. Um, so just give me give me a few more seconds. Uh, I'll log into my email and and that'll and then I'll be able to find it for sure. Um, so just so it's not clarity.ai. It's not. It's it's a clarity AI, but it's not clarity.ai. Is not not the website. Um, clarity. Um, Maybe clear AI. Oh no! Sorry, it's not clarity. It's crystal. That's it. Oh jeez. Yeah, but you gotta love my um, crystal personality. I love oh, I it so much. crystalnose.com that's it okay, okay. I'm, I'm able to uh find the website now and let me log in here uh yeah here's and how much you're paying for crystal nose so i'm not even paying right now it's free now the free version only gives you it'll give you anyone that you are um connected with um it it uh, gives you their personality assessment for free and then it'll give you um 10 strangers on LinkedIn um, for free. Have you logged into yours? Let's look at mine. Uh, yeah, so let, let me look at uh, you. And so let me share my screen here. So there's a plugin and I, I of course couldn't even remember that I have a little plugin. Here. So let's see, if we under, let's see if we understand this. So you're logged into Crystal Nose and then you, you log in with your uh, LinkedIn profile. And then let's say you're going to meet a customer next, uh, whatever, uh, in a week. And yeah. then and then what, what this is going to do is give you sort of a summary of that. Uh, show, show me. So View personality. On the right side, it says Hector is likely a natural planner that only feels comfortable with all the available information analysis before making a decision. Quick tip, share detailed proven solutions gives you his type um, and then you can say I need to call Hector um, to make a sales pitch or make a good impression get advice get advice say this uh, what do you think of this I'm curious to know what you think uh, want to hear and so it gives you like suggestions things you should do things you shouldn't do um, so if, if I were talking to you I should ask about uh, your skills or knowledge I should share something new that you've learned that I've learned uh, I should make you feel respected. Um, I should use a claim, uh, a calm, collected tone. I should not uh, change the call agenda. And then here's the here's the thing that I think is really interesting. Um, so you've got email templates. So if I'm looking to do, um, let's say a. Um, so let's say that you're a client, your prospective client, and I've pitched you on a price and you've come back to me and you, you have pricing concerns. So this is, this is apparently the ideal response to Hector Garcia when he has a price concern about your product. You say the concern you have with our uh, rates is very important to us at XYZ company. We believe in our price point because we view our services as a valuable investment and we are confident in what we offer. I understand we all have uh, to stay within a budget, uh, but our quality and longevity is unmatched. We know that you will be, you will continue to benefit from our services over time. 
I am confident that we can find a solution that works for everyone. Feel free to write back uh, if you would like to discuss this further. And that's so basically a template that is supposed to be specifically targeted at your, your personality type. So if my personality was different, the template would be different? Yeah, well, let's, let's go, let's, let's look at my father, for example. Yeah, your dad and I probably have a similar personality. <laughs> let's, let's, let's find out. Um, let's see how your dad will, how your, your dad will react to pricing concerns. So for pricing concerns for my father. Oh, it's well, different. It's a different. So it says, uh, your concern over the rates is very important to us, uh, but we are confident that you're pleased. Uh, with, so again, this is, this is because the different personality types, my dad wants things quick to the point, more punchy, whereas your personality type, it's, it says it wants more about facts and you got to demonstrate that. So it's tailoring the message to the personality type. So to me, if you're going to invest in one thing for sales and marketing in 2020, crystal knows it's crystal knows not clarity. AI, not clarity. Yeah, not AI. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, um, but Crystal, Crystal, it's Crystal, it's Crystal's AI and it's crystalnose.com. Uh, and this is like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just on the free version right now, but I'm going to buy it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm certain I'm going to buy it. Um, uh, you're, you're in that shut up, take my money mode, huh? I'm in that shut up, take my money mode. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> sold 110%. Like when, it, when the guy was talking about it at, um, QuickBooks Connect. I was like, oh, it sounds kind of interesting. Sounds kind of creepy. But when I started to looking into what it actually does, I was like, wow, this is this is my game changer. This is the thing that's going to double my close rate this year. Yeah. Bold words. Bold words. You you heard them here first. So that's that's our goal this year is we want to double our close rate. I would say if any, if anything, if assuming the whole thing is hokum, right? Because it could be, right? There's a, there's a, assuming it is, but just spending five minutes to look at the profile of your potential customer um, and, and maybe spend a minute to see what those responses will look like, will get you thinking about the customer a little bit harder and better. So whether it's hokum or not, there's value on taking your time to understand who you're about to talk to. Just yeah. like when they say, you're going to apply for a job, research the website, research the leadership. And when you get to your job offering at the end, don't leave without questions, ask questions about the business, ask questions about things that they have done because your potential employer will like that, will enjoy that. That is not just, you know, advice for people searching a job. That's advice in general for people getting to know people and people liking people showing a genuine interest on the other person uh, that's beyond just trying to sell them something. Absolutely. Um, so with that, we could probably take it home. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a good way to close it. Um, the point is 2020 is going to be the year of uh, clarity. <laughs> um, Not clarity. I think I messed you up. I think I messed you up when I said 2020 is the year of clarity. And I, I, I got that in your head. Maybe. So clearly my vision is not 2020 right now. Um, but I'm I'm excited about um, the new pieces of technology that we're going to be working with and exploring in our marketing. Um, we've set some pretty ambitious goals for what we're going to do over 2020. Um, and in fact, I've I've staked some. You know, I, I put uh, 
the flag out there with my dad and basically said, if we don't hit these certain objectives, then I'm going to turn it back to him to, to start making the marketing decisions in the organization again, which is a pretty bold and scary statement for me to do. But I'm, I'm literally that excited about all the different pieces that we've got coming into the table in 2020 and the different ways that I hope that they're going to work for us. Um, so I'm looking forward to, like, again, touching back with everyone on a regular basis and giving you feedback on how this technology is working. Awesome. Right. That, we'll touch base again next week and I'll let you know the latest update then. Um, and we've got some exciting guests coming for 2020. So thanks again, Hector, uh, for joining me tonight. And thanks everyone who, who dialed in and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Welcome, 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 welcome,